You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? Hey, it's vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to Earth Station Who. We are going back to the Tom Baker era tonight, and we are looking at Ark in Space. That's right. This was actually Tom's second story. So this is really early as him and as the Doctor. And this should be a lot of fun because it's the Doctor, Sarah Jane, and Harry Sullivan going to explore space. And giant bugs get in the way. Of course, there's always giant bugs. But it'll be a lot of fun to talk about. we got a great crew here. Sitting in as our guest tonight, let's welcome Bobby Nash. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me back. Excuse me. Excuse me. Award-winning Bobby Nash. <laughs> yes, yes. Award-winning Bobby. It's in your contract. It's in my contract, yeah. And so, <laughs> well, thank you for having me back. It's, it's fun. I haven't taught Doctor Who in a while, so that's, I'm looking forward to it. It was funny. I was like looking, you know, going through our history if we had reviewed this one. We actually did it way back on Earth Station One when we were still talking Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. But it was also, yeah, it was like looking when Bobby was on the show and like the first couple of episodes of Earth Station Who, I forgot you, you were like an unofficial co host at mm-hmm. first for the show. Yeah, so, yeah, I did, I did several of them right there at the beginning. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm, fun. Cause it was, it was me, you, Mike Gordon, and Phantom Troublemaker. Mm-hmm. So it Kirby was, shows up a lot in those early ones too. Uh, oh, I know. We couldn't get rid of Kirby, no matter what we tried. <laughs> he, I think he's still here. Careful, he might be behind you. He might be <laughs> hiding behind us. Either that, or he's busy reading Ready Player Two because he's he's getting ready for that right now. It's true. Yes. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about this, and of course, you've heard our co-host this week, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you, when Mr. Clean Shaven? <laughs> <laughs> I am fantastic, uh, Tom Baker. This is my, this is the start of the Hinchcliffe era. I'm this is this is my wheelhouse. This is my love for Doctor Who comes from this time and place. It is this one is a lot of fun, and it's going to be a good one to talk about. And of course, Mary Ogle is here. Hi, everybody! It is great to be here, and we'll get to look at your wonderful Dalek behind you, hand painted by. My hand-painted Dalek. It is pretty awesome. It is awesome. and I I love the use of color in that. That's pretty awesome. Sorry. Thank Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) It is awesome. She And, you know, Mary does some great, great artwork. And we'll let her plug her artwork at the end of the Mm -hmm. show. Or you could do it at the beginning of the show. I don't really care. We're just, we're just throwing it in the towel already today. It's like, it's like that kind of world right now. But it's awesome to be able to see all you guys today. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at feedback at earthstationwho.com. We definitely would love to hear what you guys have to say about this. Uh, This was one of my early Toms that, you know, I had discovered Doctor Who because I think I discovered Tom Baker's Doctor around 1979, 1980. And I remember the PBS station. This was one of the first ones that I had seen. So it's this this one has a lot of meaning and good stuff for me. So it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. So definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us, like I said, feedback at earthstationwho.com. Also, don't forget, we have a great social media group up on Facebook 
check out Earth Station Who. Uh, we talk about Doctor Who news. We put silly memes up there. And we even put our episodes. Definitely check us out. It's a great place to hang out with and hear Doctor Who news. So when there ever is news, because truthfully right now, you know, all there is going on right now is yeah, there's, there's fake rumors. News. <laughs> fake news. It's fake news. It's not real. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about any of that on the show right now. You know, until if the news officially comes from BBC, who is going no comment right now, I think we should just keep quiet on it because we've been burnt way too many times and you know what it just it takes weeks for me to get the egg off my face anyway so <laughs> definitely def don't want to do that so definitely would love to hear from you love to for you guys to join the facebook group check us out all right i think we are just going to jump into this episode i think we are going to have a lot of fun with this one, and this one is really fun. We're going back to 1975, and this one is going to be a four-parter, and it was featuring Tom Baker, of course, as the Doctor. Uh, it had, of course, Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane and Ian Martyr as Harry Sullivan, R directed by Rodney Bennett and written by Robert Holmes. Yay! <laughs> I love Robert Holmes. He, he wrote a lot of good ones. He wrote Pyramid of Mars. Mm -hmm. He wrote Caves of Androzani. He mm -hmm. wrote a ton of Doctor Who. Yeah, this is this is like true classic good story Doctor Who at this point. You know, I'm not going into Loch Ness Monster, but that's a whole you know. <laughs> but you know, you know, everyone's allowed to have a bad day, as we like to say. So, but yeah, it this is a really great era for pure science fiction doctor who and one of the best things and this is one of the crutches i think of the new series is they spend way too much time on earth this period they did not and especially in the present they they had no problem going into space stations they had no problem going to scarrow they had no problems going all the way, you know, around the universe, and it was actually pretty awesome to this see. One, what is this one? Ten thousand years in the future. Ten thousand years in the future. So I mean, it's at least, yeah, at yeah. least ten thousand. Because yeah. I think what, what he, the doctor was saying. The comment, yeah. it's old. You know, it it, it was made ten thousand, but it it looks like it's old. So mm -hmm. I've, you know, so it could have even been farther than the thirty-first century or something. Yeah, it looked it looked very nineteen seventies. I don't know. Yeah. Why. I know. <laughs> Somebody out there, and yeah, I probably should just Google this because I know some Doctor Who fan out there has has uh, sort of have the timeline of what happens to Earth and humans through the course of all the the whole franchise of Doctor Who because oh, wow. there's th th mm -hmm. there's got to be somewhere because there are so many times where in the future things are not so good on earth. <laughs> yeah. So I also wonder too though does that timeline change with every new episode that says cuz the doctor being there obviously changes things. Mhm. Mm so oh, of course. like in this case he didn't cuz he wasn't on earth but We've seen those episodes where it's like like Earth's in danger. He does something, and then it, well, technically it seems he to... saves humanity in this one. You know, that's yeah. true. Yeah, Cause, and because or it, helps they've touched, save yeah. itself, helps. is what yeah. I like to say. Because it's not like the humans in this are completely like without um, agency, right? right? I mean, I think one of the reasons what I, that I like about you know this story and robert holmes in particular when he when he does this story is that the doctor's there but he's a he's a he's an assistant he's an aide to he's a helper yeah. right exactly because he does let you know i think there's i mean he says it in this uh a few times more than a few times he says in the story that humans are his favorite species and <laughs> i think the thing he likes about them is that once you give them a spark they will take that and and go with it yeah, I think he just, he loves their ingenuity. But on the flip side of that, in all reality, if the doctor didn't show up for this one, humanity would have become bug food. True. Yes. True. So, well, that's you know, why so, he's there. Exactly. But once, but once he woke them up. That's why up, the TARDIS though, is there. Yeah. But once he, once he wakes, <laughs> right. the, once he wakes up a few, he lets them do their job. 
Right. You know, the the one character, Azira, is is going through and she is doing the medical tests and giving people the shots and waking them up safely. The doctor's not doing that. He's he that's her job. She knows what she's doing. She's the expert and he lets her go. And, mm. and she, she actually said. becomes a very competent leader through this yes. story. Yes. Because because Noah gets wrapped up in uh, bubble wrap. <laughs> Green <laughs> bubble wrap. It yes. happens. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I right know. Yeah. Well, this this was my this was my 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 this was my introduction to Doctor Who. This oh, episode, really? I saw it. I don't remember the year, but it was like like you said earlier, Mike. I saw it on PBS when they would air them on Saturday nights as a movie, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was how I did it. And I remember, like I said, I don't remember dates and years, but I remember we had. Uh, I had an uncle and some cousins that had lived in Tennessee and they had moved back to Georgia. And so we had the big housewarming party and a bunch of the, me and a couple of my other cousins spent the night, you know, cause we hadn't seen our cousin in a long. So it was this big night of playing games and we had a cookout. And that evening, I guess my uncle was a fan. And so he turned it on and I didn't, had no, I'd never heard of Dr. Who. And I was just, you know, blown away by it. Cause it was right in my wheelhouse of loving things like Star Trek and other, you know, I'm sure this was not, by the time I saw it, it had probably been out a few years, you know, past its original air date, but you know, I loved that kind of sci-fi stuff. So the fact that it was in space on a space station, you know, with rocket ships and all that and aliens, it just, it grabbed me and I was hooked. This is a really no, good one. I that. think, I think to get introduced to Doctor Who mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Tom Baker's great in it. Yeah, oh, he it's, is. It's, it's he only is. his second story, and yet and you he, would he is you the would Doctor through and through. You would yeah. know it. I mean, he's he didn't take a lot of time to cook. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. He was off and running right from the very start. I mean, and I that think was Robot-y's kind of rough, right? Robotty's not quite there, but he gets there, and then by this, he's just. Yeah, he's, he's figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too with robot, it, it, robot. When you watch it, watching it now with hindsight, I can almost feel like robot was written for Pertwee. It yeah. almost feels like yeah. it was it, written. It actually was not. It was not. It, it was it, not it, at it, all. It, in my head, it feels like it should be a his. No, because uh, actually, the I was watching the bonus material on the on the on the DVD, and and uh, when Hinchcliffe um, inherited Doctor Who. Uh, he inherited a few scripts, and there was a script that uh, they had that Barry Letson Company had worked on called Space Station, but um, Philip said that it was not usable at all. Mm. So he needed something uh, for his first story that was going to air, and he credit he gave Robert Holmes the the go ahead and said, just write me something about a space station, and Ark, we got Ark in space three weeks right. later. And so, so um, this was particularly specifically written for uh, Tom. Oh, no, but I mean, I was saying like it felt like Robot was written was a per tweet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Well, so also I, they did, at the time they didn't know what they were going to be getting with yeah, Tom. Yeah, because it's a heavy yeah. unit. That's, story. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That that's also why they brought in Ian Martyr because they didn't know what kind of like character Tom's Doctor would be and everything. So in case they needed, and you know, right away. Tom took it, you know, out of the racing gate, and literally, you know, Harry Sullivan became the idiot. And the, even in this the shoeless episode, idiot, yes, yes. The shoeless <laughs> idiot. And, and, and and the Tom and Elizabeth's chemistry mm. is just so good, oh, yeah. right mm-hmm. from the get go. That uh, you know, you know, for me, it's that bit where he's pulling her out of the the, the air duct. Yeah, you know, you could these people act. I mean, they, they act like they've been together doing this act for decades. It's, and it's funny know. because you you had great chemistry between Pertwee and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and they had great chemistry together. But Tom and Elizabeth just melted together. They yeah. almost became one, and it. You saw it big time in this one. You know, oh, you're just a stupid girl. You, you know, you can't do it. And she said, and that was just so good that, you know, and it was so well done, you know, in this one. Because, you know, 
it had some typical companion things because it felt like Sarah was wasted in the first two episodes. Uh, she's very screeching. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's yeah. just yeah. kind of screaming. She's unconscious. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very un-Sarah-like. She's actually. literally put into a coma. <laughs> when, yeah. when, when she's awake, she's screaming and then she's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But but we get that great moment after, you know, she does the whole thing with the well, actually before she does the whole thing, she's the one who comes up with the idea of using the spaceship's power supply. Mm-hmm. Like power yes. like and the the look on the doctor's face when she does it is pure joy. Like especially mm-hmm. because he's ignoring her right up to that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, but I had to love in the, you know, when she got, she was in a nice little jumper dress type thing. When she got teleported, then she, when she went to hibernation, she got him put into the spacesuit along with everybody else. But do you notice she had to have the four inch heels in her spacesuit? <laughs> As you do. Of course. I just the, thought, it, I thought it was funny. The, the, you know, because when you were asking to pick the episode, the the thing that always stands out to me, or when I first think of Ark in Space, my my first memory of this is that scene where Doc, the Doctor and Harry look up, and the camera pulls up, and you can tell that they're in this huge, you know, bank of people, mm-hmm. and that's always the first thing I thought, and that that was that was one of the things that grabbed me because. Obviously, as a kid, it seemed bigger than it is now, you know. And, oh, of course. But but yeah, you, just, the one that just, always got me for this one was when the the ending of the first episode, when they open the door and the bug comes out, falls mm-hmm. on them, mm-hmm. and it's just like, <gasps> you know, yeah. as a kid, that horrified you, you know. Yep. Oh my god! As I say, it's just like too, you know, mm-hmm. like looking at it, watching it now too. I mean, I watched it on a big sixty inch TV, you know. It's certainly much now. bigger. It's in, you know, it's a nicer quality of TV. And I think sometimes watching it that size does a little bit of disservice because of the limitations they had for, you know, special effects are not what they are today. So like, I, cause I know everybody talks about the bubble wrap, but as a, as a kid watching it on a 20 inch TV, I bought the bubble wrap, you know, but and plus at the time bubble wrap was not a common household item. It was not something no, right. that just you're there right. was a lot of people had never seen bubble wrap before this. And, and, and actually when the guy is being consumed or when he's mm-hmm. half bubble wrap, that actually is pretty effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they did a, and they they get something out of it too that I noticed this time. Like I've cuz I've seen this a few times in my life, but watching it when I watched it over the weekend, there were a couple things I noticed is like, there's the sound that the bubble make the bubble wrap makes when they're pulling it. I realized that's the bubble wrap making the noise. Just like I noticed for the first time, the screeching of the styrofoam when Sarah Jane is coming out of the cryostasis, you know, cause they're uh-huh. in big pieces of styrofoam. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I, out I've, into the figure. Yeah. yeah, I've never noticed that that screeching of the of the the styrofoam until this watching of it, and so little things like that. I just are little bonuses to me that just kind of worked. Yeah, I will. I will say, I thought I thought the sets, especially I mean, especially for the limitations they had, were pretty well done. I mean, especially when they're walking on the catwalk, yep. you know, and you see space through the windows. That's actually really well done, and all. All the bodies. I mean, it's very Tomb of the Cybermen. <laughs> you know, we have all the bodies. To Under, underneath, underneath the rocket ship was very good too. I, I really liked that. Yes. And I thought that was a very nice, nicely done set. And yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff in here. I, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I applaud them for what they were able to do with this to make plastic look like slime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, you know, there's a lot to, there's a lot good there. And, uh, Mm -hmm. oh, exactly. And, you know, the slime trails behind looked real, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was really well done. And, you know, it was, I think the only one that didn't really like go, ooh, was when Tom was walking through the power room and there was the room with the slime in it, with the eyeball Mm -hmm. in it. (laughs) 
And it was just like, okay, that just doesn't do it, especially <laughs> on a big screen. Yeah, and the, the and the 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 bug creatures look. If you focused on them too long, they looked kind of you know they looked well, like what they were. They were yeah. yeah yeah. But but I think being smart and quick cutting around them yeah. made them good and you know good and terrifying. Yeah, especially since that um, you know the director. Uh, was bold and chose to light the sets up. I mean, this is mm-hmm. very bright, bright story uh, mm-hmm. as far as the way it's set on the space station, which I think was a smart move, but unfortunately you can't, there's nowhere to hide like the, the bad makeup and special right. effects because there's no shadows really. It's all bright lights, which, but I, I kind of, I kind of like that decision. And, and I think this story for me is one of those ones that proves that, you know, despite you have limitations with the special effects, you know, the out, the exterior of the space station and all that don't look great. But yet, as long as you have great characters and an interesting story and a creepy villain if or monster, if not an idea for a monster, because even though it kind of looks silly, you still feel... Like what's happening is is terrifying. Well, they still and, pulled it off. I mean, the actors yeah, sell it absolutely. Yeah. The actors are mm-hmm. taking it seriously, and I mean, when the guy is you know just got his hand in bubble bubble wrap, if you know the adult in me is like, oh, that's silly, but you know, I'm 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 hooked because the guy is totally selling it that he's horrified and he can't control his hand. Yeah. Um, likewise, even though the bugs look really you know stiff and and you know very plasticky kind of um there's that scene where tom is trying to uh he's trying to talk to or uh you know sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for he's trying to appeal to um uh noah's humanity and at that point noah's like gone like noah's not a human at all he's just this bug thing and yet the puppetry on this basic plastic or whatever it was thing kind of looks like it pauses and is actually thinking about it like and struggling and i'm like wow how i mean that's the that's the power of puppetry really like how do you get that sort of um attitude out of that stiff of a thing right but yet it works oh yeah i absolutely agree and you know i also think too you talked about how well lit it was yeah because imagine if alien had been all all lit like this you know exactly um but i also love the set decoration the when they're in the the ark and they're in the station with the not only the people in the in the, the tubes but just little bits like the the numbered boxes you know the you don't really know what they're for, but they're, you know, I always, I, just the set decoration, it felt, at the, especially when I was a kid, it felt futuristic. Mm-hmm. And it felt like something that was in the future in space. And, you know, now, you know, I'm older and I know how the, I know how the donuts are made. I, you know, I can still look at it and go, oh, I know what they're doing here. But, it, but that doesn't matter. It, you know, it sells that this is a working space station. And mm-hmm. it works that you know it sells the fact that the fact that it's so brightly lit sells the fact that it it's story driven because mm-hmm. this is not just a, a station, this is uh, a sort of a medical bay housing uh, housing all of these you know comatose humans, and it's got to be sterile, it's got to be clean, you know. So so this bright light. Um, you know, if it was a dark thing, it would be like, yeah, but how clean is that really? Mm-hmm. How sanitary yeah, is that? Yeah. But inst- I mean, when they go underground to look at the inner workings of it and the power supply, then it's all dark mm-hmm. and creepy. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, the, where the bodies are or where the, you know, the medical stuff is, is it's, it looks like a hospital. Yeah, yeah they, they did such a great job of just creating an environment for these vivid characters to live in. And then... Uh, you know, it really made the story come alive. I mean, the sets become almost a part of the story. Well, and- I think, I think too, the, the bright light and all that, especially when they're in the arc part with the, with the bodies, you're not expecting danger there. So when he opens the door and the bug creature comes in, it's a shock because you yeah. weren't expecting danger right. here. Well, exactly. And the cool thing with this is the space station almost becomes a character Mm -hmm. in this story and it actually carries over into other stories later in the season 
Right, because they at the end of this they leave without the TARDIS to go to they right. They yeah, the TARDIS is still there. Yeah, yep. They transmat and they go down to Earth to, and that's where the Sotarans mm-hmm. are. And then they try to take the transmat back to the station, get to the TARDIS, and they're transported by the Time Lords to Scaro. Right. And then after that, they somehow are mysteriously sent back to the space station and the Cybermen have taken it over. Yeah. So, you know, itself, you know, that's almost like I always felt like the arc was a major player in the season. Yeah, it's just really nicely tied together that way. Yeah, and it's Mm -hmm. a great way to sort of for Philip to make his own way since you've just come off having a doctor who was – I mean, at the end, he wasn't so much, but he spent most of his time stranded on Earth. Like, he couldn't really use the TARDIS that much. And it's interesting that even though, like, so the first three or four stories here, we're TARDISless, really. Like, Mm -hmm. but we're completely in space. We're completely science fiction bound. And that's a a really unique way of uh, flipping things over and showing how versatile Doctor Who can be. And this is, I mean, if you put all of those stories together, too, this is one fantastic season. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot oh, of good yeah. stuff. I mean, that that one where they go to to, to, to Scarrow, that's, that's considered like one of the pinnacles of Doctor Who episodes. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in this season. Yeah, the Cybermen, not so much. Yeah. But like, that's, more, <laughs> that's, probably my, that's probably my least favorite, uh, actually, of the whole Hinchcliffe era. That's probably one of my least favorite stories. But even that one's not like terrible, terrible. Like, so, um, mm, yeah. This... Like... <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Don't put it on that level. <laughs> no. I was thinking because the Santarin story isn't that great. No, but the it next is. One after. But it is it's it's okay. a, visually, a visually well done story, I think. I, I, I remember being very impressed with the way they shot it and. It just, I don't know, that, that, you know, yeah, more so than the story. The story's okay, but, yeah. You know. hmm No, agreed. But, yeah, th- this one, though, it was interesting. And once again, they end up trusting the doctor almost just like that. And, you know, I always think if doc- the, the doctor has, like, some, f- like, hormones or something like that that he puts out – into the air to make people trust him or something, or some they kind of telepathy. Him in the just, beginning. It's, it's the <laughs> after the, after they shoot him, it's you his know? charisma. It's his charisma. You know, I would shoot Tom Baker too. You know, well, but even Harry and Sarah Jane at the beginning kind of question him, like, "Why are you playing with a yo-yo?" You know, gravity <laughs> test. You know, you know, he may have been pulling that out of thin air or other places, but. You know, they do like Harry seems to question him a lot in the beginning. Well, this is Harry's first trip. Yeah, like, yeah in the it's understandable. So he's, yeah, he's, he's not used to this at all. And I don't know. At, at, at the beginning, you're right. Sarah seems kind of whiny, and and she doesn't want to be there. It's cold. It's whatever. She's not. She she just thought they were going to go to the moon and back, and and she's not really into, uh, I guess, exploring at the beginning of this, and uh, it's unfortunate. Later on, she becomes yeah. the Sarah that we know and love, but she's kind of really crabby at and the if, beginning of this. If she thought she was cold in episode one, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But good stuff. It, it it is nice seeing her. She has a very pivotal role in that with the climbing through the ducks and, you know, yes. uh, to, to, yeah, to draw the, the court to save the day. The last episode is her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she's really that's a great Sarah episode. Yeah, it is. And that's the great thing about it is it was the she shined in the in this later part of the story. I can't say the same about Harry. Yeah. You yeah. you forget he's almost there. Harry Harry doesn't shine a lot. Period. <laughs> no, Harry yeah. is not one of my favorites. No, he no. Uh, unfortunately he's he's pretty weak um, as far as his his run as a well, especially guy. with the two people that are that are that he's with. You know, the two actors that are surrounding him are so much better. I mean, you know, they are they shine. So it, no matter how, whether he's good or bad. It, he he seems less than compared to them 
Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I blame Ian. Yeah, um, it's I mean, because he's all, he's all right, right. Um, as a as an actor. Um, but I think to your point, you have Tom, you have Elizabeth, you don't need anybody right. else. No, but like we said earlier, they didn't know at right. the time. That's why they put no him on right. Because yeah. Harry's, yeah. Harry Harry shuffles off. I mean, he's not there for the long haul, and I think it's because they realized that you know, yeah, just Tom and Tom and Elizabeth were enough. <laughs> he's there a lot longer than you think, though. Uh, like, like he may, like he may just like, yeah. It's like you forget about him completely, and then you watch like a story from twelfth and thirteenth season. You're like, oh yeah, that's right, Harry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Because Harry stays until the Zygon episode, I think. Okay, I think so. Story. So yes, it's, it's because I, I don't remember him being there that long, but I guess he was there longer than I thought. Yeah. yeah, he's just so. not that memorable, and and unfortunately, yeah, he's not written that well. Yeah. I mean, he's written with things like basically right from the start, like he loses his shoes, and then you know he doesn't really contribute uh, anything the into the story. You're right. Yeah, he spends a lot of his oh. time kind of like yelling at Sarah, <laughs> or, or you know, <laughs> come on, old girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, there's a couple times he does, you know, he takes over the medical duties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes. to help revive the folks and everything. Yeah. You know, he says, hey, I can handle this. This is, you know, I'm a doctor. You keep on forgetting that he's a medical doctor. Yeah. And everything. They never pushed that part, you know. At least in the new series, they kept on saying that Rory was a nurse, mm-hmm. you know, they think. <laughs> yeah, Rory. Yeah, remember yeah. Harry didn't even get that, you know. Rory felt a lot more competent than, yeah. than yeah. poor Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the story was great. And, you know, folks, if you haven't seen this one, it is so worth it to go back and watch this. And I'm actually looking forward to eventually seeing this on Blu-ray, on Blu-ray and to see it restored. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was very nice to go back because, like I said, I hadn't seen it in quite a while. So it was very nice to take that little trip down memory lane and and, you know. Like I said, this was in my wheelhouse. Anything in outer space, especially when I was a kid, I was there, you know. And I blame Star Trek for a lot of that. <laughs> but, uh, and not in a bad way, you know, because my love of science fiction kind of started there. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. The one scene when they were, uh, the doctor and Harry were hiding from that uh, security system and they kept on throwing things up. <laughs> Hey, you know, if only I had a cricket ball and the doctor pulls it out of his pocket like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, that was just yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was and, great. Uh-huh. Oh, he sacrificed the scarf. The scarf got the scarf zapped. Got zapped. Yeah, yeah. poor scarf. Uh-huh. And then Harry exactly. lost it. Harry, go- Harry spends the whole episode in, with no shoes. And yep. I'm wondering. Well, he gets he gets boots later. Yeah. And yeah. He gets boots at the end before they yeah. go to yeah. back to Earth. Yeah, which is good because uh, you know shoeless Harry. Been... <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great character's name. Shoeless that would be Harry. an awesome shoeless, shoeless Harry. Harry. <laughs> I don't know. You know, even though he got boots on, he'll always be shoeless Harry. Because <laughs> <laughs> just the idea of it, and that's the other thing. Um, you know, they they yeah they kind of. You know, um, when they were looking for power supplies and Sarah, you know, brilliantly comes up with the using the, the ship's uh, power to help. I was like, before that, I was kind of like, why don't you use the TARDIS? Like, <laughs> I was like, it's right there. It's really I, I, the TARDIS has a pretty big power supply. Um, but uh, it's all right. You know, they, they sort of forget about it, but that's all right. That's awesome. So let's go ahead. Any final thoughts before we rate this tonight? Uh, the one thing I saw that was on, uh, I got this from Wikipedia, um, I don't mind telling you, um, is that, uh, you know, we kind of look at back at some of these things, like uh, some of these stories ever since Alien came out, right? In in 79, was that right? Uh, 78, yes, 79, right? Yeah. right? That we look at like any time that there's a space station and with Alien involved and Alien kind of invasion thing involved we look at that going like that's the template right um but apparently uh, at one point um Stephen Moffat was challenged by um a uh, reporter for borrowing material from an alien film and he and he countered that with 
they never asked Doctor Who to borrow the plot of Ark in Space. <laughs> so, so that plot was around before Alien. Uh, Alien, of course, made it popular, but uh, right because yeah, that monster, because the monster was slinking around air ducts in the in Ark in Space too. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> There's some similarities here. There's yeah. definitely some similarities, you know. Um, but it's not a it's not an outright copy. Um, no. You know, that's just a it's just a. Uh, a, a way of storytelling. Well, it's kind and of a, a well-used plot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, but uh, I did think that was kind of funny that uh, this one airs right before. And Stephen Moffat, of course, knows his classic Who, so he's going to know. Yeah, he's going to know that. Mm-hmm. So, thought it was That's funny. cool. That's awesome. All right, Bobby, this was your pick. So, one out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. I'm going to give it a nice 4.5. I love it. It's, wow. it's, it's, uh, it was, there's a lot of memory attached to it as well. There's a lot of sentimentality attached, you know, cause you know, we're always attached to our first doctor, but we're also, you know, I'm attached to this because it was the first time I met the doctor. And so there's a lot of sentimentality attached to it, but I still find it a fun story, you know, just a lot of fun. It's, I, I love the sets. And so, yeah, just all around, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I even That's so awesome. much so I came prepared tonight for my for my episode. <laughs> oh. He's got his sonic. He got my, yeah. Yes. And actually the doctor used his sonic the proper way. <laughs> <in this. laughs> he did. He didn't use it to, you know, take readings or anything. He unscrewed a dex. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Okay, Mikey, what do you got? Um, you know, I'm going to side with uh, 4.5 as well. Um, I think it's, uh, this is, this is my favorite era. Like, and this is the beginning of it. Um, and even though I know some of the, you know, special effects and whatnot don't hold up these days, uh, I was encouraged, uh, again, on the bonus material, the actor who plays Noah, uh, Kent Moore was talking about how, um, recently his grandkids, uh, called him up and we're like, Hey, Papa, we've got, uh, we're watching, you know, Ark in space. He's like, Oh God, they're going to like, never let me hear the end of this. Right. And uh, they all got together and watched it with a bunch of kids and the kids were just eating it up. Just like to Bobby's point, you don't care that it's uh, because of the story and the strength of the characters. You just don't care that the special effects are not uh, up to snuff. And, and I think uh, this is, this is prime example of that. And, uh, and again, it's the, it's the first part of the Hinchcliffe era, which I believe is the best era in Dr. Who ever. And, uh, almost all of those are going to get at least a four from me. So. Nope. Totally understandable. Mary. I am going to give this a 4.75. Ooh. Ooh. I, I just think this episode is so much fun. It is just incredible fun. I've watched it tons of times i'm gonna watch it a ton of more more times i'm sure it's my favorite combination of hinchcliffe and robert holmes i mean they are just magic together the, it, it's a wonderful story the four episodes just fly by i don't care at all about the special effects in fact they're just kind of endearing and charming and the actors sell it they totally sell it the sex sets are great and uh, i mean if you're just getting introduced to classic who i think it's a great one to start with no agree completely like you said this is not the you know last time i will watch this and i was entertained it flew by you know the four episodes and i love on Britbox that you could skip the beginning you know i watch it the first mm-hmm. first time the, the intro, intro but after that but after that, you know, you don't have to watch it over and over. Yeah, I love time, Tom's head popping up through the, you know, time vortex and everything. But after like four times, God, if it's a six-part episode, it's like, okay, get it over <laughs> with already. Enough already. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. This one did not drag at all. This mm-hmm. one didn't. I'm going to give it a solid five. Mm-hmm. It was It was enjoyable. And like Bobby, this was my second episode of Doctor Who I had ever seen. The first one was the Talons, and that was on WOR in New York, like two years before. And I kept on trying to find the show and, you know, find it again, and then found it on PBS. And I was like, oh, 
he's back the guy with the scarf i didn't even know he was called the doctor at the mm-hmm. time and it was just it was just awesome and it you know i was hooked from that point on i watched over and over because you know the pbs station that i grew up with they got to legopolis the regeneration and then restarted at robot all over again and just went through each time the only time we got to see peter's episodes was at pledge drive so, yeah, yeah and then and then we got to start seeing older episodes you know when they realized that you know peter's only had so many episodes out so mm-hmm. at the other in the spring pledge drive they started showing the third doctor or the some of the second doctor so it was pretty awesome and you know it was great to be able to relive this and see it again and i felt like a you know i felt like a 10 year old again watching it and it, it was just awesome i, I, and, I also think know, i think this one too this episode is a good for people that are interested in classic who have never seen it this is probably a this is a good one to start with because you don't have to go in knowing anything mm no and, and they feel it like is. A lot of, it's yeah. almost like a clean state yeah because you know it's an it's a brand new doctor. This is his first journey. You know, Sarah's he has a female companion. You don't need to know any backstory for her. You know, they don't even really ever talk about that she was a reporter anyway. You know, they basically just say, you know, this is Sarah. You know, yeah. And they, and, I mean, they, you know, they, they friend. yeah. And they tell yeah. you that it, they tell you that it's a spaceship and a time machine. We we know he's got two hearts. We find so we know he's not human. So yeah, we get all the stuff that we need in the in these episodes. One thing I did notice with this, it was really weird. I don't know if it was a production thing, but when the TARDIS appeared, it didn't fade in. All they had was the light mm-hmm. showing, and it, it was like it, it was dark then. And they showed the light, but the TARDIS was sitting there, and they had the sound coming. Well, they had spent all that money on bubble wrap, right? So, so, yeah. so, we, so we had to cut costs. <laughs> had to cut costs somewhere else. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did notice yeah, that too. Point. That we do cut. Yeah, it does kind of focus in on just the light. It's the light, and it's like, you know, oh, the TARDIS just appeared, you know. But, yeah, because we're so used to seeing it, you know, fade in, and it's just like, it was there. It was just like, okay. It's like, okay, we know where this week's special effects budget went, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, this is is just awesome. And, folks, you know, we could gush over this one for a while because there's so much good to talk about, and it is – it is a lot of fun. I even read the Target novelization of it, oh, nice. you know, and it's and it's it's really well done. So now, definitely check it out if you get a yeah. chance. Where where did you guys see it? I mean, do we want to let people know where they can see it if they're interested? Oh yeah, I, I got to see it on BritBox. I watched yeah. it on Amazon Prime. You had to pay for it, but it was very inexpensive. Yeah, I didn't know if it was streaming uh, anywhere else. Um, I think it's. Only all the, yeah, right now the classic stuff is just on BritBox now as part of that. Well, now and, I, uh, I did notice that like um, one of the apps. Pluto TV also though. Yeah, too. Pluto TV does it. But one of the apps, was it for show, uh, not show, AMC's app has classic Doctor Who's, but not all of them. And because this mm-hmm. one wasn't there this season, they didn't have anything. But they had other stuff on the AMC app. The AMC app is – it's kind of weird because they they partner with BBC America mm-hmm. and that's how they're able to do it because that's how I was able to watch the holiday special. Mm-hmm. And they – because I got – did the free, you know, free seven-day thing and then before, right before it's like, cancel. Because, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I just don't need to pay for another streaming service right now. And I know like I think HBO Max – just had started having the holiday special on last week so you know because they also have all the new series on on hbo max that you could see so there are other places to see it but it's far and few between it's not as easy to see it like you used to be able to pluto tv is pretty awesome other than you you know you can't like just pick and choose you have to just watch whatever they're showing but Mm -hmm. it is nice i've seen some some i haven't seen before watching it through pluto tv yeah, I got to watch uh, Time, not Time Flight, um, Earthshock the other day. And, oh, you know, I was sitting there. Andrew. 
I was rooting for the Cybermen, so it's okay. <laughs> did you, you, know, did you and, cheer and it, when Hedrick blew up? <laughs> well, I kept on thinking about the new series where the Doctor can materialize around, the TARDIS around somebody. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, why didn't they do that with Hedrick? Oh, sorry, uh, fixed point that, in time. That, can't do that's that. Broken. Uh, that's broken. That's, no. that, that's, uh, uh, can't I do didn't that. have that much control of the TARDIS at the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that was something he learned after that episode. Yeah, that's what I was going like, to say. Oh, we like, didn't figure yeah. that out till after it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so caught up R- in the River Song taught me that yeah. one. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was pretty fun. And it's just, it's for to get a classic series Doctor Who fix, Pluto TV is awesome yeah. and everything. The so, only thing but, you have is commercials. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, I watched the DVD, and I know that this is available on uh, Blu-ray. The first season, the complete first season of Tom Baker is available on Blu-ray. Also, his uh, third season and his seventh season. So it's kind of odd that they've, yeah, the the release schedule for that is odd, but uh, nevertheless, you can get them on. It's on it's almost like you're a time traveler buying them out of order. <laughs> And they're, uh, you know, they're pretty affordable, actually, you know, I mean, you know, 40 bucks for less than 40 bucks for the whole uh, season of Tom Baker. I like that's to me and if, a, a good deal. And if they're anything like the DVDs, they're packed with extras because mm-hmm. the DVDs yeah, I, are just full of extra bits. And, oh, God. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the, the DVD the that, set that I have it, is uh, special edition. So yeah. it's got two discs and it's a lot of material, a lot of material, especially since it was Tom's like second story. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like promotional stuff and all that stuff thrown on there. Yep. It's pretty awesome. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at feedback at earthstationwho.com. Let us know what you guys thought of it, you know, or, if we missed a, a place where it's streaming, let us know so that way we could let everybody else know. You know, it'd be great. And we, we don't basically, you know, recognize pirating on the show or, you know, fi- no, or getting, you know, we'd never do that on the show. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> you know, but definitely we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, join us again in two weeks. We are going to be back and we are going to the Ninth Doctor era. That's right, folks. We are going to be looking at, you ready for this, kids? We are looking at the long game. That's a great, great Doctor Who story. It actually introduces Satellite 5 and also has a a very familiar-looking villain to the sci-fi world. And, you know, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, we also get to meet Adam, the companion that failed in this one. So... Ah, There's two, a lot to get to this one. Two space stations in a row. I know. Yeah. On Earth Station Who? How about that? <laughs> yeah, shocker. You'd almost think a theme is going on. Yeah. Yeah. All space stations all, all the, the time. time. You'd almost think we planned it. It's almost. No, we didn't. We didn't. We We're not do. that spike. I remember the staff. I remember the staff meetings. I know better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I miss those staff meetings, <laughs> sitting around at what sweet tomato. Yeah. What are we going to talk about this week? <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? We'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. The good old days. Well, let's thank everyone for being here tonight. Bobby, thank you so, so much, my friend. Oh, thank you guys for having me back. This was uh, this was fun. It's It's been too long since I've talked talk Doctor Who, so it was. this was at a very nice change of pace. And again, Anything. this is my second time with you guys because I was on Earth Station One a couple of weeks ago. So it's a great way to kick off my year hanging out with you guys. That's well, exactly. Fun. So what do you got going on this year? What, um, what kind of things do you have happening? Well, I hope at some point there will be a convention. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that would um, be nice. Yeah, it would be nice to be able to go back to work, do some acting. That would be fun, too. Um, but I don't know when any of that's going to happen. So... In the meantime, I'm just, I'm a writing fool. I, uh, I'm, yeah, trying to get as much stuff done as I can. I actually just today accepted two new projects for later in the year. So 2021 is looking like a biggie. So now I just got to get it done. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And how could people find you, sir? Oh yeah. Um, BobbyNash.com is my website. I'm, I'm 
author Bobby Nash on Facebook. I'm Bobby Nash Writes on Instagram, and I'm at Bobby Nash on Twitter. Please stop by and say hello. Excellent. Very, very excellent. And let's thank our regulars. Of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. As always, it's my pleasure. Always great to talk to you, my friend. Not that we only do it once or twice a week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Mary Ogle, thank you. Oh, thank you. It was, this was a lovely episode to talk about. I love Ark in Space. I hope everyone goes out and watches it. Anything you want to promote? You can find my artwork at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. Very and cool. on the cover and of the Earth Station Tales of the ESO, Volume mm-hmm. 3. Volume 3, right? 3, 2, two 3, it? 1, of two. 2. Isn't two, it two? 2? I think it's Volume yeah. 2. Yes, 2. Ha, 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 ha. So, very cool. And Mary does some great work. You can see some of her work actually also on our Tee Public store. She did a couple of the T-shirts up there. And it's pretty awesome stuff that she does. Mm-hmm. She's She's an amazing artist, folks. Please check her out. And we're putting up new designs all the time. So everyone check it out. We've got some really fun yes, stuff please. up there. Yep. Definitely would love to check people to check it out and buy stuff. Help support the station. It would be great. <laughs> it would be awesome. But on behalf of myself, Mike Faber, and Mike Gordon, Mary Ogle, and Bobby Nash, we will see you here next time on Earth Station Who. Peace, take it easy, and stay safe. And we're done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talent from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Forty-two cast is turning one hundred, but like all good things, it must come to an end. Tune in to our epic finale as we see who lives, who dies, and who gets their own spinoff. And then come back when the forty-two cast is back for season two with even more segments, more guests, and more of explaining why Ryan is wrong. It's why we're still the ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. You can only find all this awesome by downloading the forty-two cast, a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.